Hello and welcome to Our Life in Horror. We are a horror movie podcast with a gore-filled side of news, physical media, and everything spooky. My name is Brendan, a horror addict since birth, and with me is my horror queen, Sam. Hi guys. We are Our Life in Horror, and we are on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all podcast streaming services, pretty much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, how are you? Me? Yeah, I Um, never ask you how you are. (laughs) do, Do you always do it? You always ask me how I am? No, I haven't. I just thought I'd ask you how you oh, are. I'm full. Yeah, you ate a lot of pizza pockets. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, what did we have? Pita we, had, we went to Pita Pit. Yeah, it did not fill me up whatsoever. You, you said it was a light snack. Yeah, and it was like a regular one, and yeah. It's like a six-inch sub. Like, it just didn't, yeah, doesn't do it for me. How many pizza pockets did you just eat? Four. Yeah. Are you full? <laughs> yeah, for now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts. All right. Um, so, what have we been watching? <laughs> what have we been watching? We watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies mm-hmm. and Videodrome. Yeah. And that's been basically it. What did you think of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. That's about it. I don't know. It's, I'm not into the whole drama. There's so much of it. I am into drama and I did not like this movie. I... I didn't. No, I I didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like the ending. Uh, it's it was all right. Yeah, I don't know. I just after it, I was just like, what like, whatever. Yeah, I I was honestly bored the whole first bit. I, we even paused it so I could I don't know make a drink or get a snack or something. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this movie. And I was so hyped for it. You were. Yeah. I, like I was very excited. Love Pete Davidson. Like I just I thought this was gonna be so much fun. Yeah. And it just wasn't. This movie was certified fresh too. I want to know. Like I, I I haven't even watched any reviews on it yet. I want to see some deeper dives into it and see if maybe we missed something. I've I've heard someone else talk about it, and they're supposed to. Someone else didn't enjoy it, and they watched reviews, and it kind of turned it around for them a tiny bit. I don't know. We should watch some reviews tonight before bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely down. Okay. So all, all I've been doing before bed is watching, like, listening to scary stories and stuff like that. And Yes, I know. I started listening to one that you put on. I think it was last night or something. Yeah. But I fell asleep quick. I don't even remember what it was. You're lucky, because I freaked myself out again. <laughs> Did you? Oh yeah. <laughs> Always it seems like I can't I, but I can't I, every night I come back for more of them. Yeah, yes you do. <laughs> uh have you been listening to any podcasts? Um yeah, so I just finished up uh the Horror Virgins revisit of hereditary it was very informative those guys are funny i like those yeah you do like them i always hear you listening to them while you're doing dishes or in the shower yep (laughs) i listen to them a lot um who else have i been listening to uh the extreme horror rewind um oh yeah when i was working with you i pretty much almost ripped through every episode that they had they're another couple yep yeah. yeah, they messaged us. Yeah, I listened to a couple of their episodes, too, when we first started following them. Yeah, they also do, like, a would-you-rather thing, too, that they, like, threw into their episodes later on. Okay, I don't think I listened to those ones. They're the newer ones. Okay. I gotta go back to them. I completely... I get lost sometimes in podcasts, or... I don't. Ha- I didn't have a lot of time this week at work because I was so busy, but... I know. I always end up starting one, and then I won't give it enough of a chance to get involved. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so I actually started listening to horror, uh, horror movie talk today too. Yeah, they were doing a, an episode on Prey, 
it's an older episode, but I just thought I'd just kind of catch back up with those guys because I was I started listening to those guys in the beginning. Yeah, I know you talked about them a long time ago. Yeah, my favorite though is Nightlife, Nightlight. Oh, I always say that wrong too. Nightlight. Yeah, I we follow them on Twitter. I think I might have listened to a couple with you. Yeah. Oh, but, for sure. But uh, I gotta go back and listen to them some more because I like them. But. Sorry, I just took over all the podcast that i've been listening that's to. okay what have you been jamming um so i always listen to talk scary to me i'm like a weekly religious listener but i have not listened to her latest one so i can't even say that now yeah. <laughs> but uh, a few episodes ago they did they had alex vincent on from chucky oh yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah that, that was a good one i like that one he's so nice well we met him at the con yeah he's super he's nice super nice yeah it's funny because obviously on their podcast they ask everyone about their sex life, so it's funny because oh. <laughs> he's just so kind and like, yeah, it's funny. Was he open about it? Um, a little, yes and no. I think they like I can't really remember, but I don't think he was too open. But I think he like kind of gave them a face, and they're like, oh, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, what else have I been listening to? Um, I started you. You were listening to the Dolls of Horror a little bit. Yeah, because like they followed us, yes. or we followed them. I can't remember, but um, so I gave a episode a chance the other day at work. I actually really liked it. Um, House of Wax, their episode. Yep. I like the fact that they don't deep dive it. Actually, I like how they like bring up the clothing and like the their favorite lines in the movie. And oh yeah, I no, like no. that it's it's that it's different. Yeah, it is. It's not just a deep dive, and honestly, I kind of wish we did that, because it's a lot of work to deep dive. (laughs) (laughs) But I like that episode, so I'll probably go back and give them uh, some more listens. And of course, I've been listening to We Love Horror, of Freddie Michael. I actually try to keep up with his episodes. He just did a top 10 of 2022, and he had... um, two guests on they're both from other podcasts i think one of them was two two chicks in a horror flick yeah. and the other podcast was killing time killing time yeah yeah i yeah. i like the episode it was good you're saying it was good they all had very different lists so it was interesting and i actually got a couple movie wrecks on there that i wrote down and definitely want to watch yeah i'm gonna have to check that one out yeah and as for reading i I'm about to start a book. I read the first couple pages of it today. I just wanted to get an idea of how it was going to start. What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> He's got his ring in his mouth making faces. Are <laughs> 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 you even listening to me? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, the book that I... I just finished uh, Romance, so I wanted to get into something dark. So the book I'm reading or going to read is Tampa by Alyssa Nutting. And even that last name of the author curses me out. Sorry, Alyssa Nutting, but (laughs) (laughs) this book is super controversial. And some people say you should not even be reading it. It's supposed to be really disturbing. And the subject matter is disgusting. But I like extreme horror and stuff that's going to... Even reading the first page made me feel icky. So I was like, I'm in for a treat. But (laughs) this book description is... um, So Tampa is the debut novel by Alyssa Nutting in which a middle school teacher, Celeste Price, recounts her molestation of Jack Patrick, her 14-year-old student. Oh. (laughs) This is that exciting. (laughs) Even the cover was... uh... A little off-putting, but it's it's a gross-looking cover. Yeah, 
but uh, I got this recommendation in the extreme horror community. Um, I've read The End of Alice, and that one is about a man that's in prison for, um, I believe, decapitating a young girl named Alice, but he was also like a perv. Like, he's gross. So that one was a hard read, but it was really, really good. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I, I don't know. I'm down to feel icky sometimes. <laughs> no more crying. Just no. feeling sick. Yeah, I feel sick. I feel like I need a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. We haven't really been watching too much because, yeah, yeah. busy. Hopefully, I don't know, this, this is going to come out on Monday, so the previous Saturday, hopefully. Finally, we got to watch Terrifier 2. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I actually am down to sit down and watch that. I know it's long, so I'm dreading that part, but let's just fucking do it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, I, me too. I don't even think I really love the first movie. I love Art the Clown, and I love all the gore, and obviously that's what people watch it for. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how these two at hour and 45... Minutes? It's only 18. Two hour 18? Oh, only. Yeah. yeah, that's only two hours and 18 minutes. <laughs> oh, nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's not that bad. It's going to be a two hour long slasher B movie. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to just sitting down and watching a movie, to be honest. Yeah, I know. Without taking notes. Without taking notes, yeah. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> okay. Unless you have anything else you want to add, but. No, uh, yeah, no. Physical media you collected then. Um, I didn't bring up my stack from Christmas, so I'm going to do some mail ones that I got. Um, recently it showed up in the mail, I got Scream Factory's collector's edition of Creepshow. Yeah. Stephen King and George A. Romero anthology. It's fantastic if you haven't seen it, which you haven't. No, I haven't. I know, so we're going to watch it. Okay. Um, and then I got, uh, John Carpenter's Body Bags, also a... Scream Factory release. Okay. Um, it's also an anthology. Okay. Um, it says there's only three stories in there, and then there's probably like one story that intertwines throughout. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I don't know how I feel about that one. I don't know if it's good or not. Um, I've heard some people talk about it, and they, it kind of goes either way. I'm down for anthologies. Um, yeah, me too. I always like anthologies. Actually, can I cut in? Sure. We should be getting a package from Amazon tonight by 10 p.m., I don't know. It could be on our doorstep. It could be in between our doors right now. Don't go and steal it. Oh, this gets <laughs> this gets aired later. Yeah. <laughs> but Chillerama. Oh yeah. We yeah. got that recommended by but, Gavin from Instagram. Yeah, that movie looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it does. It looks ridiculous. Yeah, I would fun. love to do an episode on that after. Is there like a giant sperm that's like Godzilla destroying the city or something like oh, that? Oh, I don't even remember. It just it looks crazy. That's what it looks like in the trailers a, to me. It's an anthology too. Uh, yeah. And it's it just looks wild. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I also got, uh, um, I can't remember the company that did it, but I got Suspiria, Dario Argento's Suspiria. I'm excited to watch that. Uh, me too. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. And I think I have the remake downstairs too, which is also supposed to be pretty good. Okay. So I have to do like a back-to-back and maybe we'll do the verses of the remakes. We can do that. I like that. Okay. Other than that, um, that's all I got in the mail so far this week. Um, 
tune in next week for me bringing up my stack of fucking Christmas movies here. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Mid-January. I know. They won't even see the Blu-ray player until three years from now. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I got too many movies. <laughs> uh, horror news? Um, horror news. What is going on in the world of horror news? We got... Not... We got a bunch of trailer drops, we got a bunch of upcoming physical releases, um, and we got some news, Not nothing too crazy. So we're gonna, I only picked two trailers, there have been trailers dropping all week and we just haven't had the time to sit down and watch them all. Um, but the, first off we're gonna talk about Renfield. You want to save the other one? Okay. Yeah, we're saving the other one. Starring Nicolas Cage as Dracula and Nicholas Holt from the menu as Renfield. This is going to be in theaters on April 14th. What did you think about the trailer? It looks fun. It honestly looks a little... It almost gave me superhero-y vibes at first. Yeah, I can see that. And then... Yeah, then the end of the trailer is Dracula. <laughs> I know, I'm kind of excited. I love Nicolas Cage. Like when Yeah, he's, he's a character. And he's like horror <laughs> movies that he's been coming out with and he can just do whatever he wants and overact and just like love it. He's just... Nick Cage is just Nick Cage. Yeah. Whatever he is. But I'm excited to see what he would do in a Dracula role. It's his yeah. second time being a vampire. Is it? Yeah, he was in another, another movie. Uh, it's called Vampire's Kiss. Okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's pretty wild. And Nicolas Cage is also pretty pretty extreme in that movie as well. Okay. Like, funny. Yeah. This one looked fun. It did look like a I lot like of fun. them. I like the other main guy too from Warm Bodies. I forget his name. Uh, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I like him too. He was also in like the X Men movies as well. Was he? Yeah, he played Beast. Okay, I never but, watched the X Men movies. But... Yeah. No, he's a good actor. I like him. Yeah. It does look like a blast. I am excited for it. I like how pimped out Dracula looks with all of his <laughs> rings and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it just looks like it's going to be a Nick Cage fest for that movie. Yeah. Um, the other biggest and exciting trailer we got this week is Evil Dead Rise. Finally, they've been teasing us forever with pictures and stills. Yeah. And then we got the little cock tease trailer on, what, Tuesday, where it just, like... Well, it was actually a really effective, like, teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, they dropped the trailer the next day. So, Sam, what are your thoughts? I'm pumped. Pumped? I watched the trailer and actually had nightmares about deadites the next night. <laughs> like, literally, I woke up, I was like, huh, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the trailer looks really good. I'm excited at the fact that it's not like, it's not like a cabin in the woods. It's yeah. a family at home, which is different from what they've done in the past. So yeah. it's, it's going to be a new take. But she looks creepy. She does. I think one of her eyes looks like warped. Okay. It almost looks like it's like an oval turned sideways. Huh. I noticed it in kind of like some of the stills or the thumbnails. Yeah. And there was that scalping. Yeah, the rip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I think we're going to be uh, in for a treat. So, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't exactly thrilled at the trailer when I first saw it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know Why? why. I don't know. I just I just kept getting brought back to thinking about the 2013 okay. Red Band trailer. Mm-hmm. And how epic it was. And how fucking scary. That, that, sh- that's take... the best trailer, hands down, yeah, ever. Yeah, of, of like all times. <laughs> that gave me fucking nightmares. That and like the trailer for us. Yeah. Um, but like, 
This one didn't quite do it for me. So then after we watched it in here together, I actually went outside in the dark. And got scared. And, and watched it by myself. <laughs> oh. um, I didn't get scared. I did get a little creeped out. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this looks better. I can, I can, yeah. I'm going to get with this flow more. And like you said, I do enjoy that they're taking it in a completely different direction. I even kind of like the look of the new book. I like how uh, it almost has teeth to like lock the book closed. Yep. I like that. It kind of looks neat. Um, yeah, I think it looks like it has really good imagery in it. The blood, uh, there's lots of blood in this. Mm-hmm. And the gore looks good. And the, like you said, I like the family dynamic instead of a group of friends. Yeah. I think it's going to add a lot of character depth to the movie. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. This is one. I, I do not like movie theaters, but I am excited to see this in the theater. It doesn't matter if you do or don't. Because you're going, going with me. <laughs> I will go opening night with you. Yeah, I am definitely seeing this opening night. I yeah. have to. I saw the 13 Evil Dead in theaters opening night, and mm-hmm. i am decided I'm not going to miss it ever since. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because I was unable to go see the rest of them because I was either not born yet, or <laughs> I think I was, I was just born when Army of Darkness was yeah. in theaters 1993. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm never going to miss one. <laughs> Damn, mom didn't take me when I was one years old. Yeah, <laughs> selfish. You weren't even one, I was one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's get into some upcoming physical releases. Scream Factory today, um, this is Friday the what? Today? Yeah. It's the 6th of January. We're on the 6th, they just did a... I know, but this is released on Monday, so... Yeah, so Monday will be the 9th. Yeah. So today, when you're listening, it's Monday the 9th. <laughs> yeah, but when we're recording on the 6th, they just did a bunch of dumps of what's coming up and their slate of movies to be released. Pretty much, they all take place in March, so... The first one, the big one, we got James Wan's Dead Silence comes to 4K for the first time. Uh, it will have a new bonus features. It's a collector's edition, so if you pre-order now, you'll get a... Um, an extra slipcover with custom art as along with a, a big uh, lithograph poster with the same custom art with it. But that's only if you um, pre-order it from Scream Factory. Um, otherwise, you're just going to get the standard Dead Silence uh, Billy the Puppet poster, uh, slipcover, which is okay. fine. Whatever. Um, that releases in March 28th. We also have 1984 I believe that's a four. 1984's Razorback is coming to Blu-ray uh, on March 17th. This movie could be fun. It's an, an Australian outback with a 900-pound boar on a rampage. Oh. Yeah. I've never even heard of that. I know I, Dead Silence. I'm not a fan. but No, I know you don't like it. I'm picking it up. That's fine. I know you are. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the... I wasn't exactly excited for the Dead Silence one, but... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll get it. I saw it in high school, and I it freaked me the fuck out. Like, I saw it in theaters, and when we rewatched it last year, or the year before, I can't remember. Yeah, it really It was didn't. so boring. Yeah. And I love that main character, the guy from True Blood, and I just, it didn't even do it for me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, carry on. What um, else we got? <laughs> we got The Exorcist 3 is getting a 4K re-release from Scream Factory. These are all Scream Factories, guys. Um, we also have 19, I think it's 1990s, uh, Dr. Giggles will be releasing to Blu-ray on March 21st. Dr. Giggles. It's a horror movie. What is that? I don't know. It's, (laughs) 
I have no idea, to be honest with you. I know, I've seen the cover many, many times, and I've never actually seen the movie or went down to even watch a trailer for it. But uh, the surgeon guy, I just saw still of it. He's holding, like, an upside-down leg in one hand and then, like, an arm in the other hand. Huh. And he's just got, like, a smile on his face. I've got no idea. I thought it was, like, a dentist movie, to be honest, because he, you know, laughing gas. Maybe they called him Dr. Giggles or something. But oh. that's not the case. I think he's an actual surgeon or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. So these are all Screen Factory releases. They all are available in the U.S. and Canada. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we need to be on video for these because Brendan's like waving his arms in the air all excited. <laughs> well, you gotta be express- expressive, even if they can't see you. <laughs> and as for horror news, like actual news, I have pretty much two pieces of news. Wednesday season two today was officially confirmed by Netflix uh, for season two. I still gotta watch the first season. But. Yep, we do. I know we haven't even watched it yet. I did want to see this series. It's called. Uh, it's a horror mystery series. Nineteen eighteen ninety nine. Yeah. Was canceled after one series by Netflix. I saw that. Classic Netflix. I know. After the show's been released for two weeks, if it doesn't like break records or anything like that, fuck it, done. Yeah, and I wanted so, to watch that too. But. I know. I did too. I really did. I, I'm gonna, but. We'll see. Um, the only other horror news that I really have is James Wan is showing interest in um, maybe tackling a couple of movies from the 80s called, uh, like, uh, remaking Night of the Creeps and Chopping Mall. Okay. Like, I don't know. He was just kind of like, he's saying that those are the movies he would love to kind of fiddle around with and bring it into the new age, but... I don't know, it's not really news, that's just an interview with them. Yeah. Other than that, there really isn't anything too exciting. There's also You, season four is coming out. Right. February 9th, uh, part one. We like that show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Excited, he's got a big grizzly beard in the new trailer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. I think part two comes out a couple months later or something. I'm not too sure. They're yeah. They're up. They'll do it the same way they did it with uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. So, you want to get into Two Truths and a Lie? Yeah, let's do it. Did you come up with one? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You want to go first or you want me to? I want to go first this time. You want to go first? Yep. Go for it. I'm doing it. Okay. Okay, so Two Ooh, Truths nervous. and a Lie. <laughs> These are all based on movies that I think you like. Okay. Cause, you think? <laughs> well, I know you like. I think. <laughs> okay. In Wrong Turn, 2003, during the last scenes of the movie... Uh, Eliza Dishku actually set Three Finger on fire. Oh. In The Grudge, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. Before filming, the cast and crew went through a ceremony where they were blessed, so nothing bad would happen to them during filming. Oh. Okay. And the last one. In Sinister, the tree hang scene went... So well that the stunt coordinator went on to do such movies as Batman vs. Superman and John Wick. Oh, shit. These are good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Love Wrong Turn. I actually just talked about that movie with someone today. Um, <laughs> huh. I'm going to go with... I feel like the grudge one, like, you wouldn't make that up <laughs> so i think that one's right like true um the last one i'm gonna go with the first one maybe is 
the lie. Maybe she almost caught him on fire, or maybe he set someone else on fire. I'm going to go with the last one's a lie, or the first one's a lie. First one's a lie. Wrong turn. Okay, so that's your final answer? Yeah. Locking in? Yeah. You are incorrect. Oh, shit. What is it? She actually did light the stunt actor on fire. Okay. Eliza Dushku actually did a lot of her own stunts during the set. Okay. The lie is the sinister. Oh. So, uh, during the filming of uh, the hanging tree thing at the beginning of the movie, yeah, um, they were all performed by, performed by stuntmen, and when the scene was first done, the stunt coordinator botched... Uh, the preparations of the scene resulting in the actors actually being hanged and choking. <gasps> yes, everybody was okay and the stunt coordinator was fired. Shit. Right yes. That's scary. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. It happens all the time though. Like it's wild. Like if you're not super prepared, accidents happen, right? Yeah. Oh, I remember uh, Scotillo. I always talk about Scotillo Compton because I listen to her podcast all the time. Got all these stories, but yep. she's um, engaged to a stuntman, and oh, okay. she, yeah, she always talks about how crazy it is that they don't get paid what they should. Like they don't get paid enough because they're doing all these crazy things, and it's like it's true. They it's dangerous. Oh, you could die. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's people do. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. last year, wasn't it? There was a accident uh, on. Uh... With the gun? Yeah, with the gun. With the, what's his name? Baldwin? Alec, yeah, Alec, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. It's sad. All right. So I got my two truths and a lie, and mine is all about Mike Flanagan. Oh. Because okay. I know you like him, and I actually have grown to like him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like five directors, and not even close to that one. I was like getting... Oh, because yeah. I told you that it was going to be about a director you like? Yeah. 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 All right, so Mike Flanagan was born in 1978 in Salem, Massachusetts. Mike Flanagan and Kate Siegel wrote the screenplay of Hush together. And Mike Flanagan has two children, a son and a daughter. Um, the second one is true. Okay. Uh, is he actually like... I can see the... See, the last one just seems... Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go with the first one's a lie. Still in Massachusetts? Yep. No, he was born there. Oh. Yeah. He actually, he has two children, a son and a daughter, but he also has um, another son with a previous relationship, Courtney Bell. Mm. So he's got three kids. Tricked me. Yeah. Tricked me. <laughs> and I, I added in the Salem, Massachusetts one because I wanted you to think that maybe I came up with that because I yep. want to go to Salem. That's so it worked. Ex- that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, we both, strategy worked. We both messed up. Yeah, we both suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the movie we're discussing, what is it? We are discussing... David Cronenberg's classic Videodrome. Yeah, I'll do a quick description here, and then we'll do some spoiler-free thoughts. Yep. Okay, so, as the president of a trashy TV channel, Max Wren is desperate for new programming to attract viewers. When he happens upon... When he happens upon Videodrome, a TV show dedicated to gratuitous torture and punishment, Max sees a potential hit and broadcasts the show on his channel. However, after his girlfriend auditions for the show and never returns, Max investigates the truth behind Videodrome and discovers that the graphic violence may not be as fake as he thought. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) 
we will get into the cast and budget and all that jazz, and then we will do some spoiler-free thoughts, and then we will warn everyone when there's spoilers. <laughs> Sounds good. So the movie stars James Woods. He's uh, also been known for uh, John Carpenter's Vampires and Casino. And then we have Debbie Harry, who is in Hairspray and The Roadie. She's also like... Uh, Hairspray. Not... Not the new one. Oh. Like the 80s one. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's, I was like, what? She's like an American like singer. I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. Like her movies didn't even pop up when I looked her up. Oh. Um, and the film also stars Leslie Carlson. Uh, he was in Shoot and Deranged. Okay. Um, the budget for this movie was $5.9 million. And the box office was $2.1 So... This movie did not make its budget back. No. Ouch. Yeah. Um, as for ratings, it has a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, so yeah. pretty up there. And, sorry, did you say the director? Everybody knows it's directed by David Cronenberg. I know, I know, but we still gotta say it. I know. <laughs> the Canadian horror legend David Cronenberg, known for... <laughs> Crimes of the Future, The Fly remake, uh, <laughs> History of Violence, yeah, Eastern Promises, so many great movies. Alright, well, what are your thoughts? Spoiler-free thoughts? Spoiler-free thoughts. Um, I actually watched this movie, like, either in high school or just out of high school. Yeah. And I didn't really get it. Watching it now, I picked up on a lot more stuff, so I, I appreciate it more. Yeah. So actually, I enjoyed it more. I like the 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 mystery of kind of what's actually going on. Okay. Um, I like all the acting from everybody too. I think James Wood is good. Yep. I think uh, Toby Harry is also very good in it. Um, it's got great like special effects and body horror in it. Yeah. Um, even though it's not like a particularly scary movie, but like some of the images are could be quite shocking to somebody yeah um yeah do i give a rating right now no we'll do it at the end oh okay yeah <laughs> okay all right what are your thoughts um okay so this is only my second cronenberg movie ever and yes. my first one was crimes of the future and i hated it yeah. literally walked out to use the washroom because i was so bored i didn't even have to go <laughs> really <laughs> I just wanted to kill time at the end of the movie. Oh I couldn't God. get through the last half hour. Oh no, I probably God. did have to go, but I could have held it, but I chose not to. <laughs> Why are you lying to me? And you're bringing up this lie on no. air. <laughs> I probably could have held it, but I I did go. Anyway, it was boring. I, I hated it. I despised it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, this movie, I liked it. I'm not going to say I loved it, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I liked the body horror. I thought it was going to go in a different direction and I probably would have liked that direction more, but okay. that is me being the extreme horror girl that I am. <laughs> I thought by the description, cause I did read the description. I wanted to, cause when we first started watching it, 
I was like, I'm so fucking confused. I don't know what I'm watching. So when we paused it for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to look at the description quickly so I know what I'm getting myself into. And that's when I started liking it more. Because at first I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But once I knew the description, like I, I enjoyed it. But I thought it was going to go more in the direction that, like it says in the description that his girlfriend goes missing and he looks in the video drum or whatever. I thought he was going to go and find these people that killed her and I thought he was gonna like there was gonna be more of the I guess the torture and all that stuff but okay. it went a whole body horror route instead which yeah. I didn't dislike <clears throat> but his girlfriend didn't even go missing she no just... she didn't go missing sorry she never came back though it yeah. says that she where is it nah it's a cut off there but it said that she didn't come back and he thinks that something's bad is happening hmm. but the description kind of throws you off a little. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Because uh, she says that she leaves for a week. Yeah. And it never says when she is actually supposed to come back. And you don't really... Like, I'm assuming the movie only takes place within a week. Yeah, it doesn't even show him... Like, it doesn't even... See, you don't even see him discovering that she's gone or whatever. No. But I don't. we don't want to get into any spoilers or anything either right now. No, this yeah. is all in the description of the movie. So, really, it's it's not spoiling anything. But... Yeah. yeah, I just thought it was going to go a different route, which I probably would have enjoyed a lot more because okay. I like that nasty shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I did enjoy the body horror in the movie, and yeah, I, I like the idea of it. Did I get confused a lot? Yes. <laughs> Do I? Am I still confused? Yes. That's the, that's <laughs> but we'll talk about it. That's the thing about Cronenberg's movies. There's a lot of conversation, and it's like subtle conversation you know what i mean like yeah it's it's not like spelling it out for you right away what's this, happening this this old man in the tv really threw me off the he second th second time watch i caught on a little more but i'm still like what the fuck is going on yeah he fucked me up too yeah. i understood everybody else except for dr oblivion this would have been a good true movie do you think so Just throwing it out there it would be trippy yeah, but you wouldn't really understand what's going on. No, but I'd be tripping balls and it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It would be a good true movie because it's not like... I don't know. I don't know. I think I would enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So should we get into a deep dive? Because I got ten long pages of notes. Yeah. So this is where the spoilers are coming in. So if you haven't seen it, turn it off. <laughs> You've been warned. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have a little sip of water first, because I'm going to be doing a lot of talking. Yeah, no worries. Okay. So, uh, the, the movie starts with Civic TV. Channel 83 opens uh, on the TV. I think her name's Bridley? Uh, Bridie? Bridie? I have no idea. Bridie? I'm going to say Bridie. Bridie wakes up Max on a via... Uh, videotape recording letting him know his meetings of the day. Max gets himself up and makes himself a cappuccino and, and a very uh, very dirty bachelor pad. Yes. You see how greasy his uh, coffee pot was that he was steaming his stuff on? I almost wrote that down and I thought, nope, I'll remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it was gross. It was gross. Um, Max is taking a sip of his cappuccino and eating a piece of toast while looking at photos of nude women as he drinks. And, oh, I just said that and he eats his toast. Um, cut to Max entering a building with Chinese gentlemen saying they, that he is interested in the show and he wants to 
buy some tapes from them. Max says that he wants to buy number three, 13. One of the men jump and say, jump in and say, you won't understand what's happening in the plot without the first two tapes. Then Max says his audience won't care about the first two tapes. <laughs> so basically, he just wants some fucking porn. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, cut to Samurai Dreams. A young... It was Samurai. <laughs> I wrote that down. I don't think there was an R. Oh, really? I, I might need to go back and check. But I thought it was Samurai. <laughs> I think it was Samurai. but Okay, well, I thought that was funny. That's why I wrote it down, but... Whatever. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to go back and look at it. Yeah. Um, so, da Cut to the samurai dreams. A young Chinese woman is taking off the clothes of a doll to reveal that it's a dildo. She is starting <laughs> to use it. And we pan to Max and the co-workers talking about the porn, wondering if they can get away with putting it on their channel or if they even want to get away with it. Raphael, um, Max's business partner, then says... It's oriental sex is natural, and it would give the audience it would give them an audience that they've never had before. Moses, another business partner, says that it's not tacky enough to turn him on, and Max replies that it's too soft, and you want something tough that will break through. I wrote down too soft. He wants tough. He's gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. He does get it. Yeah, I can't get over the little fucking outfit on the dildo. <laughs> I know, the little doll. It's like, I, I saw that and I'm like, huh, this is the movie we're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused at first what she was doing. And then like when she takes off like the dress thing, yeah. and I was like, oh. She takes it off so slowly too. Like, yeah, it's so Stripping sensual. it off. <laughs> She's getting excited. Yeah. Gets her the mood. <laughs> Let me undress my dildo. <laughs> what do you think? Um, was, uh, I think it was Moses. Is it too tacky? Does it get you going? The, the samurai dreams? dreams? Yeah. It's uh, it's something. Yeah. I don't think it's for me. It didn't do nothing for me either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we cut to a pirated, a pirated satellite dish and Harlan scanning for uh, anything foreign that he can buy, find, and buy for their channel. Harlan then shows Max a video of a woman naked being pushed up against a clay wall that has been electrified. Max looks very intrigued and asks Harlan if he can keep track of the signal and let him know if he picks it up again. That would suck. Just being pushed against a clay wall that's been electrocuted? Yeah. Oh, this just gives me the shivers. I've been electrocuted. That shit, like, oh, it's just, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the clay wall, like... Are you talking about in the background of the video? Yeah. That, I wrote that later on in my notes, but it looked like the Necronomicon book. No. <laughs> oh, like skin? Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. Oh, okay. I was like, huh, I don't know why that was my first thought, but... Yeah, you see what you see. Yeah. Um, jump, I'm, I'm assuming this is supposed to be jump, it says pump, but... Uh, jump to Max sitting in an interview chair, lighting a smoke. The Rena King show. Rena asks why Max shows viol violent and such explicit sexual content on his channel, and and asks if he's doing it, doing the right thing or not. He says that it's simply economics giving him, uh, giving the viewer content they can't find anywhere else. Rena then asks if he feels that such shows contribute to a social climate of violence and sexual malaise. 
where Max replies that he gives his viewers an outlet for their fantasies and frustrations. And for him, it's, uh, for him, he feels like it's a, a socially positive act. Rena then asks Nikki how she feels about it. She thinks that they live in a time with constant overstimulation and that too much of it is a bad thing. Max cuts in asking Nikki why she wore that dress. She says sorry, and he says that uh, the dress. It's red and it's very st and it's very stimulating. She responds that yes, it is, and she uh, he is right, and she lives in a highly excited state of overstimulation. Max then asks her to go out for dinner. Rena then cuts to, jumps over to ask Dr. Oblivion, does he think that uh, the violent and sexual TV show leads to desensitization and dehumanization? Uh, Dr. Oblivion replies with the TV screen that has become the retina of the mind's eyes, saying that soon everyone will have a special TV he explains that uh, Dr. Oblivion is his TV name, and then he says that everybody will have their own special TV names. <laughs> Rena then asks Nikki if he, if she thinks that Max is a menace to society, and that she isn't sure about a menace to society, but maybe he is a menace to her. Oh, Dr. Oblivion fucks me up. Yeah, he's a tramp. Yeah. I don't like him. I know. <laughs> um, like, every, every time... Every time he comes on, he talks about how the TV is a retina for the mind's eye. Yeah. I like the whole conversation they were having about uh, does violent porn really help with fantasies or does it harm people kind of thing. Because I was watching this uh, documentary. It was a porn documentary. Okay. <laughs> and this one porn star was talking about how she does all the, like, I don't know, all the really rough porn scenes I guess like the puking and the choking and all that shit and oh, okay. she's like she's like well I'm doing it for for all those people out there that get off on it so that they don't I'd rather them do it like them whack off to me than go and like act on it to someone else and I'm just like huh <laughs> Interesting. Interesting, yeah. she's doing a good deed <laughs> yeah do you think Max is wrong by showing all these people this stuff um like broadcasting it yeah well, first of all, he's like a TV channel, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I think TV needs to have some sort of, I don't know, censorship. Is that the right term? Yeah, it'd be censorship. Yeah. Like, I think, was internet a thing back then? Yeah. Internet was a thing yeah, back then. Yeah, but it wasn't, like, big. Yeah, big see, that's like the thing. 90s. I think, I think... Well, I guess, Stranger Things, I guess they had a computer. Not that many people had a computer, though. Yeah, I... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that kind of stuff being on TV. You pretty much had TV and video rental stores. Yeah. For content like that. Okay, so maybe video rental stores would be more the way to go for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because that's some intense stuff he's going to do. Like the stuff he was planning on putting on the air. Yeah. Because you're allowed to show softcore porn on. Oh, yeah. On, like, television, right? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's a line. I just think I just think about how far we've come from this. Sorry, I just think <laughs> about how far we've come from this movie, and how much we actually like show now. Yeah. Like when I was watching this movie, all I was thinking about was like Saw and like Hostel and stuff like that that came out in the two thousands. Yeah. And like, like even back then too, like uh, even during the seventies, there's like extreme sexploitation and. Yeah. Uh, over violent movies and stuff like that were just crazy. 
And I think that's where this movie kind of comes from. It's like all the protesters and stuff during that time were okay. kind of protesting against the violence, like like uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, where they did uh, put uh, the Santa Claus with the killer axe and stuff like that. Like that movie got like rejected out of theaters within two weeks because oh really yeah people moms were protesting it because you uh. can't depict Santa Claus with an axe you know. So I think that's kind of where, like, maybe all this is, was stemming from. Yeah, it could be. All right, let's that get makes back. sense. Let's get back into this. Okay. I got a lot of pages, and I'm only down, like, not even two. Um, get to a man being beaten in a red room by two guys wearing black hoods. Max asking, Harlan, when the plot starts, who is this guy? Does, it only sh- does the show only take place in that room? Max is very excited, said... So, saying there's no production cost, no story, and that it's genius. He can't take his eyes off it, and he asks Harlan if he's found a location for the signal yet, and, it's, and he said that it's coming from Pittsburgh. Harlan also, also like, looks at him, and, like, as Max was looking at the TV screen, and goes, oh, look, he wants it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's not so far, it's, it's not local, because they're in, what, Toronto? Yeah, they're in But Toronto. Pittsburgh is just next door, like, it's in the States. Yeah. <laughs> But Max is very, like, taken taken over by this. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, like, totally fixed in. He's tranced by it. He's he's mesmerized. Yeah. He's like, huh, I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> yeah, he's more than intrigued by this point, I think. <laughs> and then we cut to Max walking into Nikki's studio while she is on air with a woman struggling with depression and saying that she hates her sister. And Nikki is trying to get her to call a self-help line. I found her voice was, like, very, like, sexual for her self-help line yeah yeah a little bit she she is in the whole movie though i think they were just trying to make her that way but like yeah for a self-help line maybe a little too much and she's also exploiting people too um like they're on like a radio like radio station so people are calling in and she's exploiting their like getting more view like people to listen in because they're calling in with all these stories and people are interested and want to hear what what's yeah. going to happen, right? Yeah. So she's not completely innocent of this either. Oh no. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I just had a thought. I didn't write my own notes, so I got to go off these notes. Yeah. No, that's thoughts. fine. Um. Nikki and Max are in his apartment, and she asks him if he has any porn, and that it gets her in the mood. She then finds the video drone tape. She asks what's on the tape, and he says it's torture, violence, and murder. She says she wants to see it, and Max replies, it's not exactly sex, and she says, to who? I think that's what she said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they play the tape and, and watch a woman being hit with the cat of nine tails. She's shocked, but, shocked, but tells Max not to turn it off, and that it turns her on. She says to get a knife out and cut her on the neck, but someone has already done it to her, showing five cuts on her neck. She then asks if she wants to try a few things. Max and Nikki lay on the floor naked as Max put it puts a needle through Nikki's earlobe and then on through the other side through her other earlobe, licking the end of the pen pin after each one. Um they begin to have sex on the floor, and the room transforms into the red room where all the snuff films have taken place. The marks on her neck, and he says someone already has. Like, is that actually, like... From sex? Yeah. I'm assuming so. Huh. 
Huh. Right? She's got like an extreme violence. Those are like, some interesting marks she's got. She's a cut. Yeah. Like it'd just be like a blade, right? Each one. Yeah, like, I guess so. She's been clearly. I just it kind of seemed like she was being introduced to it from this movie, but then all of a sudden she's got these necks and it, or these cuts, and I'm just like, oh, is this supposed to actually be? I don't know. I got I, I got a little confused. Maybe she was like, uh, like, um, um, she was already there. She was in to watch this. Like she was already. She always says that she's overstimulated. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was already like in this world. Like, she liked all the rough, violent sex. True. And then she kind of introduces Max into it. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. Yeah. Because, yeah, she was already having clearly rough, um, violent sex, pain sex. I, I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you? No. Oh. I don't know what that's called. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Um, how do you feel about the earlobes? I don't know. Tough? Tough to watch? No, actually. No? Okay. No. It was interesting. It was I different. I don't like that. No? I don't like earrings and stuff like that. I don't like watching oh. them go in and out. It's gross. I thought it was okay. But then the, all their... I, the gross part I thought was when they started kissing after and it was all like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just super loud. I hope people can hear that. <laughs> it's just like super gross kissing. Yeah. I'm like, pierce your ear again, dude. <laughs> like, get, get off of her. <laughs> Uh, we uh, the next day, Max walks into his office to talk to Masha about uh, about some content for his channel. She, uh, she's showing him what looks like a room, like of a Roman party. People are all half nude in it, and he declines her, saying that's too sweet for his channel. And he also says that she's like her; she's too sweet. Masha. Masha. She yeah. looks like she only watches like the classiest of porn with like pearl necklaces and diamonds. Oh yeah, I love her. <laughs> she's very bougie. Yeah. Uh, he asks her if she's heard of Videodrome. She has never heard of it. He explains to her what it is and asks if she can find find it for him. She relentlessly relentlessly agrees that she will look into it for him. Um. I would just like to say, like, if you guys want to make a drinking game out of this episode, drink every time I say video drum, because it's going to be a lot. <laughs> You'll be drunk by the end of it. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to Max and Nikki back in his apartment. Nikki telling him that she's going to Pittsburgh for the week on business, but uh, she's going to audition for video drum. He tells her to stay away from video drum, and she finds it to be a challenge. She gets a cigarette off Max, and then uh, she takes a puff on it, and then she burns herself on the breast. Max says, don't, but it's too late. And she doesn't even flinch, and Max stares at her. She takes another puff and hands him the cigarette. She takes, she starts to take uh, her top off and looks at the cigarette. This is where she makes a third nipple. <laughs> this is what I said. The burn looked like a nipple. <laughs> yeah. You did a little bit. Yeah. Of course she wants to go to Pittsburgh now. Damn Nikki. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> it's funny how he's like all into watching it and stuff, but then as soon as she wants to go, it's like, don't. Oh, yeah. I think it's just like, it's, at this point, I think too, he doesn't know it's real. Oh, yeah. He thinks it's all acting. Yeah. He thinks it's acting at the moment. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, he's, he's, he doesn't even think it's real. Yeah. But, yeah, and it's also like, you know, you talk to big talk but when it comes to it you know yeah maybe you we're not quite as up to it as you think you are yeah 
Um, cut to Max and Masha, uh, Masha meeting for lunch. Masha lights a cigarette and Max looks at it. And then I noticed that the camera also does a close-up look at it. And then you get like Max, you get cut to Max again. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think he did it. I think he gave her a couple burns the night before. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I got for that. Oh, okay. I noticed that the second time I watched it. Oh. Um... Masha explains that Videodrome is the real deal and that he needs to stay away from it, but he doesn't believe it. He can't believe it's real, saying that it's cheaper and safer for it to be fake. She says that it has something that he doesn't. Philosophy. She gives him the name of someone he can talk to about Videodrome. Dr. Oblivion. Ah, this fucking guy. <laughs> Cut to Max walking into, I'm assuming it looked like an old like blood drive building. I, did, I couldn't get the name of what the building was. But um, but it seems more like it's uh, they are doing studies on people and seeing their reactions to what they are watching on the TVs in front of them. Max then finds Bianca. She seems to think that uh, watching TV will help bring these people into the real world, like re-help socialize them. I'm assuming that's what I got from her. Like, these Oblivion people, they were, like, the most confusing out of everybody yeah, in the I'm, movie. Yeah, I'm lost just listening to you talk about it, even. I know. I'm still thinking about the meeting that Masha and him had in that restaurant, and I'm like, what is this restaurant with all these people dancing? <laughs> I think that's just, like, 80s, like, style. I is don't know. It? There's, I always, so. there's a couple performance restaurants in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. What was the other performance? Well, it was the awards thing at the end or whatever Oh, it was. Oh, the, yeah. the spring thing? Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Masha before you go on? No, you can go on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Max tells her about Videodrome and she says that she's never heard of it. He then tells her uh, to tell her father about it and to get back to him. So basically, he just drops it off and tells her... Get your father to come and talk to me. I actually do have one more thought about Masha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when they're at the restaurant and he says something about, uh, what did he say to her about showering together or something? Oh, and, and she goes, you're a little older than I prefer. And then she looks at the young waiter and goes, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that was funny. Okay, we can move on now. <laughs> Good old Masha. <laughs> oh, Masha. Max is back in his apartment watching a video... Drome and thinking about what video drone could actually be and why it exists. Max opens up a case and holds that holds a gun in it. He seems unsure of even how to how it really works. There's a knock at the door as he hastily tries to hide it. Bridley, if we're gonna continue to say her name is, then barges in and tells him um, she has his wake up tape and goes to switch out the video drone tape with the wake up call. Max yells, don't touch that, and then smacks her twice. And then she's quick snap to Bridley, and she asks, what's wrong with him? And he apologizes quickly for hitting her, but she says that she he didn't hit her, all confused, and asks if he's okay and if he wants her to stay there for a while to keep him company. He says no, he was half dreaming when she came by, and he rushes her out the door. She also delivers a tape from Dr. Oblivion. He grabs the tape, and it seems to jump alive in his hands. He drops the tape in fear, then kicks it. Nothing happens. He picks it up and shakes it. still nothing. I, I like the effect on the tape. How it, like, bubbles out. Yeah. I really like that. I also like how he, like, kicked it and was, like, fucking around with it first to make sure that he wasn't alive. 
uh, he plays the tape. Doctor Oblivion says that the that the mind of North America will be uh, will battle it out on the TV in the video drone. He says that the TV is the retina of the mind's eye. Therefore, the television screen is a part of the physical structure of the brain. Therefore, the TV is reality, and reality is TV. He tells Max. Um, he is halfway there seeing things and visions that he has a tumor. He had it, he, Dr. Oblivion had a tumor and he had it removed and he called it Videodrome. He was the first victim. Dr. Oblivion is then strangled on the TV and Nikki takes off the black hood and tells Max to come to her. He walks towards the TV as the top of the TV starts to pulse and the speakers move as if they were lips. The top of the TV then shows veins, and Nikki says that she wants him. Max putting his head closer to the TV screen. Max rubbing the sides of the TV as he puts his face in the screen, and it morphs around uh, his face. His hands touching the screen, but the screen is almost soft as it has skin-like textures. I love the TV effects for this. Yeah. You know, like uh, I like how the TV starts to like. Like, kind of, like, move up and down. And then as she breathes, the little speaker system on the bottom, that kind of, it kind of just, like, waves, like, as if the TV was breathing. Everything was waving. And honestly, when I was watching it, it kind of reminded me of a shroom trip. Yeah. And I think that's when I was like, this would be a good shroom movie. Because <laughs> everything was waving like that. Like, I remember when we were doing them once and the plants were just waving. And that's exactly what this looks like. Yeah. I'm just like, huh. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I definitely wasn't sure exactly. I thought he might have got sucked into the TV for a second, but I think it just kind of morphs around his head, like the screen, and then he kind of touches it, and it looks even weird. I don't like uh, yeah. how it looked when he touched it. Yeah. Yeah, we need to skip over all these Dr. Oblivion scenes. There's so many of them, but we're going to continue on. <laughs> Cut to Bianca seeing Max waiting for her at the stairs and saying, be careful with that tape, it bites. He says the video just uh, that the video blew his mind and that it triggered hallucinations. He woke up with a headache, and she asks if this is the first time. And he says that it that it started when he first uh, started watching Videodrome. He explains that he found it on a pirate satellite, and she explains that watching the tapes um, do actually make the the viewer develop a tumor and cause hallucinations. She explains that. Her father died a while ago, and her video collection of mono, of his monologues is his way of staying alive. He wasn't on a talk show with him, and he made nearly a thousand. He made thousands of tapes, and that he was a part of creating video drone, and that's why they killed him. She explains that her father thought that eventually that their life on TV would be more of a reality than reality itself. She gives him some more tapes to watch, and he storms out. What a fucked up concept that a tumor grows in your brain because you watch this thing. Yeah, I know, from some kind of just signal, and then it, not only that, but like, it triggers all these hallucinations. Yeah. Uh, freaks me out. Yeah. Like, what are they actually putting into our brains when we watch television, you know? <laughs> I don't even want to think <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, it's messed up. Hmm. You know anything about Bianca? Or that scene? No, I know it's just a whole fucking lost. There's, there, there, there's like the only part of the movie I didn't didn't quite understand. Yeah, me neither. I, yeah, I got lost quick. <laughs> <laughs> Even you rereading it, I'm lost. <laughs> Trust me, I'm lost too. 
Um, Max goes to see Harlan and asks him if he's been hallucinating at all. And Harlan says no and says, should I be? And Max says, yes, you should be. Cut to Max back at his apartment watching Dr. Oblivion said that he believes that the growth in his head isn't really a tumor, but in fact a new organ. That massive doses of video drones signal will create a new outgrowth of the human brain that will produce and control hallucination to the point where it all it will change human reality after after all there is nothing real outside the perception of the reality is there i feel like that was messed up but maybe i messed up my words on that one <laughs> max is sitting on the couch thinking about what is said when he looks down and sees uh, a gaping hole in his stomach that resembles uh i'm gonna say vagina yeah uh, a little bit. I never thought about that until you said it the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I just thought it looked gross. <laughs> I don't even know what I thought it resembled. It just looked, it looked gross. Oh, really? That's the first thing I thought. That's why. I now looked... I'm going to think about that. <laughs> That's why when, like, last week I was like, this movie has, like, body horror, but it's, like, weirdly sexual. Yeah, definitely. Even, even the way the objects moved was sexual with the sound effects. Yeah. Like, it was all just, I don't know. It was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Max can't bear to look at it. He sticks his gun in there slowly and forces it into his body. He's getting a weird sexual sensation (laughs) I put in there. He can't... uh, He can't take his... He has to force his hand out when he does... uh, The gun is gone and stuck in his body as the hole is closed up. In his disbelief, he searches for the gun in his apartment until the phone rings. Barry Kovacs wants to talk to him and says that there's a car downstairs. What a trip. Yeah, like he just starts and he's like itching his stomach it almost looks like. And And there's like a red line there. Yeah, what's up with that red line? It could be a scar or something like that. I wasn't sure either. Okay, I wasn't sure what its purpose was. Yeah, I wasn't sure. It could just be like the start of the hallucination. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden, the next moment you look down, and it's just this gaping vagina in his stomach. Vagina. <laughs> it is, and it's, like, gross. Yeah. Like, he's, like, fisting it. Oh, yeah, you get more than his fist in there. Yeah. Like, the gun he puts in isn't that big, but it's, like, a... It's, like, a gun is, like, a phallic symbol, and he's putting this phallic symbol and it's this other phallic symbol so it's like he's like fucking himself like essentially yeah it's weird <laughs> it's i would i definitely would like to know how that gun is like not fucking up his entire body but yeah maybe it just disappeared just because it's the reality is that it's not there right yeah i guess yeah i don't i, don't I have that. no idea <laughs> i know it looked really cool i love the effect yeah it did look cool it looked gross yeah. <laughs> Uh, Max gets into the limo and the TV turns on. Barry, chief of special projects and uh, spectacle optics, says that uh, he makes video drones, saying that it can be so much more, saying that Max picked up on a special test signal sent out in the world. Max then arrives at optics, uh, spectacular optics. Max plays around with trying on some glasses, waiting for Barry to meet him. Barry finds Max playing with glasses and says that He's playing around with the new spring line, top of the secret stuff, making fun of him a little bit while he's wearing the glasses. 
The glasses looked so bad. Oh my god, they, they looked, looked so... like they were upside down. They did. I thought, I so thought too. they were upside down, and I'm like, nope, those are just hideous. <laughs> <laughs> it's the '80s. Everything was big and very vibrant and nuts. It, it was bad. <laughs> don't ever bring those back. They were like, I don't even know. They were like, they were just so big. And they were like not even a circle or an oval or a square. They were like. Rigid, almost. I know. I was gonna say they weren't like an octagon. It looked like a kid made them (laughs) in arts class. (laughs) I'd hate to see what else was in that spring line because that one sucked. (laughs) I liked how Barry was like, "Those ones don't really suit your face." (laughs) He said something about like, "There's too much going on on your face" or something like that. (laughs) I fucking laugh. Uh, Barry takes Max to the back room and shows him a crazy big VR prototype. That's what I had to call it because I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> this thing was like a—it was like three times the size of a football helmet. It was weird looking. Uh, yeah, uh, so I just put that down. Uh, and apparently, this prototype started Videodrome, and he wants uh, Max to try it on so he can record some of his hallucinations to take back to a lab to study. Max gives us a smart act remark about being the, asking if he gets to keep the copyright. Then Barry says that all he wants to do is help him, saying that none of the test sub- subjects has returned to normality and that they all needed psychiatric care. He wants to find out why Max seems to be normal for the most part. Max puts on the helmet, the helmet on and seems that it seems that S&M would be a good way to set off hallucinations. They are usually set off by large exposures to violence and allowing the signal to set in easier. Max starts his hallucination off in his apartment before Barry leaves. He says that he can't watch and that he can't handle the freaky stuff. The freaky stuff. Freaky stuff. <laughs> I liked how he said that. I did too. And he just walks out. <laughs> and there's subtle hints of what's going on. That's I, I put that line in there because it's like a subtle hint to what's going on happen later. Okay. Um, Max now seeing Nikki walking into the frame, turning the the apartment into the red room of torture. Nikki handing him a whip, and her turning into a television, telling him to start. Max is smiling, and Nikki is making sounds of pleasure as he whips her again and again. The TV screen uh, we cut down, and it zooms into the TV screen to reveal that it's not Nikki, but it's Masha now on the TV getting whipped. This was so trippy. I did not understand what the fuck was going on. I don't know why it was a TV either. <laughs> like, like he's, he's all of a sudden in this room whipping someone, but then it's not someone, it's a TV, but it's a TV with someone on it. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? None, none of it's real either, right? No. Like, it's just hallucination. Or is it real? That's the... Yeah. <laughs> I know, I didn't get it either. I don't understand why it turned to Masha. Yeah. That was my, that was my thing. I don't understand why it would be her all of a sudden. I don't know, but I guess that's where the next scene comes. Yeah, true. Uh, we cut to Mac. Max waking up in his bed with the TV on static. He rolls over to see someone in his bed with him. He pulls the covers to find a beaten and dead Masha. Cut to her uh, with lots of cuts on her back from the whip. Jack... Then calls Harlan to come over and to bring his camera. Harlan then comes in and makes his, makes some jokes about coming over so late and asks what he's doing there. Max tells him to go and take pictures of what's in his bed and then Harlan looks. He doesn't see anything. He tells Max and he runs into the bedroom. Also doesn't see anything there anymore. Max wants to see the newest episode of Videodrome. If it came out last night. 
He says he needs to see it right away, and he'll meet him in the lab in about an hour. <laughs> Fucking Harlan coming over and him being like, take pictures of what's in my bed. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I go, Harlan gets in, he's like, I can't, I can't imagine you invited me over here to, or, what'd he say? He said, he said, uh, you asked, why are you asking me to come over so late? Did you want to be the centerfold? <laughs> <laughs> Harlan was pretty funny. Up I liked not, him. But I liked him, too. Mm-hmm. He's creepy, though. He kind of sets me off. Oh, he's definitely creepy, but he's, like, yeah, kind of nerdy and quirky. and Yeah, yeah. De- definitely. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. Uh, Max walks into the lab. Harlan greets him and asks him if he saw the video drone last night. Harlan said that there wasn't a transmission last night or ever. Max, confused, asks him what he's talking about. There's a knock at the door, and Barry walks in. Harlan explains that there wasn't a signal and that he was just playing them regular old videotapes. That it has never been broadcast on an open circuit, not yet. Mass asks why, and Harlan says to get him involved, to expose him to the signal. He says that it works on literally anyone that watches it. Barry cuts in and says, why would anyone want to watch something like Videodrome, a scum show? Barry asks why he watched it. Max replies, business reasons. Barry says, sure, why deny when, why deny you get your kicks out of watching torture and murder? <laughs> <laughs> Max accuses Barry of murdering Dr. Oblivion and Harlan cuts in saying that American is, America is getting soft and they need to be strong, direct, and pure in order to survive the rest of the world. And that Max and his channel and the viewers are rotting us away from the inside. And they need to be stopped. Barry continues that he's going to use Channel 83 for the first official transmission of Videodrome. Barry says that after analyzing Max's hallucinations that he's ready for something new. And pulls out a tape that bulges and pulses. Uh, Max looks in fear. Barry walks... Uh, wants Max to open up, and Max backs up towards a wall, and his shirt unbuttons, and the hole in his stomach opens up again. Barry shoves a videotape inside Max. Max drops to the floor, and Harlan and Barry leave. This is a lot. This isn't even like the end of the scene yet, but we'll take a small break to talk about this. Do you have anything to say? This is kind of where he's starting to... It was trippy. Starting to see what's going on. Yeah, the, the tape pulsing was like weird yeah this isn't even the weirdest tape yet no i know i know i know (laughs) but i I love that effect on the tapes that they get yeah and then i didn't really like how his shirt just kind of like popped open you know like (laughs) it's like why does his shirt just magically pop open yeah maybe have one of them rip it open or something or this is part of the hallucination though no yeah i guess so okay we think this movie's a trip (laughs) <laughs> well, I think these guys are real. The videotapes are real. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just don't know why the wind would blow his shirt open. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ask Cronenberg. <laughs> Cronenberg, come on the show, please. Explain your movie. <laughs> yeah. We need to talk about this. And what were you on when you made it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's probably based off a book. He does a lot of movies based off books. Mm. Anyways. Uh, Max begins to hear a voice in the recording in his head telling him to kill his partners and then they, that they want channel 83. Max tries to pull the tape out of his stomach but pulls the gun out instead. The gun morphing to his hand, metal tubes 
embed themselves into his wrists, and he is unable to drop the gun now. This was a really cool effect. I like uh, how he's holding the gun, and then all of a sudden, little sheets of metal just like go through his his little thumb area there in his hand, and then yeah, it was really into gross. His wrist. He's just like morphed with them. Yeah. Not even morphed with them, but like inserted itself into him. Yeah. It looked, it, yeah, it looked good. It was gross. <laughs> For 83, it looks pretty good. Eh? Yeah, yeah. It almost like the metal things almost looked like they were turning into like his veins. Like just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Max walking upstairs from the lab in a trance. Lab in a trance. He enters the conference room where his two partners are. He shoots and kills them both. As every run, as everyone runs, and Max puts the gun in his jacket and axes it, acting as if he's been hurt. <laughs> this part is so fucking dramatic. The guy, the one guy about to get shot, and he goes, "Don't!" And then it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was just over the top. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Then the one didn't. Uh... Not Moses, but the other guy would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Before you was shot too. Max, what the fuck are you doing? I thought it was good too. A lot of blood. Like yeah. The headshot. No, like, yeah, the blood splattered on the wall behind him. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody rushes in. Bradley sees him and takes him uh, into a staff room, I'm assuming, where Max just takes off through a window. Bradley realizing that maybe Max had shot the business partners this is where he goes outside and there's like people moving this big door and stuff and i'm like do these people not hear gunshots no, just going not. about their day on their job <laughs> <laughs> i know we'll talk about something else that happens too where i also thought that about that but maybe you cut on to it too um, i'm not sure i just cut on to this one and i was like these people are just moving this door outside uh-oh. just outside of the office where just gunshots went off multiple times yeah. <laughs> it's going about their day no they don't seem good for <laughs> It's just a regular day in Toronto. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, Max leaves down a back alleyway, and the voice in his head tells him to kill Bianca. He enters the la- uh, lab. I said, I'm really bad at typing. I have lab <laughs> observation lab. Um, <laughs> where, uh, where she works. Max looks around for a while. He finds her and repeats the first things that he said to her the first time they met. She asks him if uh, he's come here to kill her. Max says that he doesn't kill people, but she disagrees, saying that he's been turned into an assassin for Videodrome, brainwashed into giving them what they want, and that he will kill whoever they want. I thought that was cool. I thought so, too. An assassin I, for Videodrome. I really like that aspect, that they can just kind of brainwash whoever they want as yeah. long as they get them to watch it. Yeah, I thought that was neat. Um, there's a small cache... Crash and a small crash, and Bianca shows Max. They, oh, Chase. Sorry, that's what that's supposed to be. There's a small chase, <laughs> and Bianca shows Max a video of Nikki being killed and that they killed her. Um, and that they killed her, not him. And uh, whoa, what the fuck did I write? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. She basically just told her that Nikki's dead. Yeah. Poor girl just wanted to go have some sexy fun. <laughs> Pretty much. She got to be on Videodrome. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she lived out her dream. <laughs> um, a hand-like thing. Okay, yeah, this is the part where the TV 
screen becomes the gun, and I this is where I'm having a hard time writing down because I have to. When I was it. watching it, I was like, "Thank God you're doing the notes." <laughs> <laughs> so the screen's on, and then this hand protrudes from the screen, and it's like a hand holding a gun, and then it turns the skin to like a skin tone color, and then it shoots Max like four times. Max drops to the ground, and then. Um, the screen cuts to like a chest and it's being like has a bunch of bloody holes in it like that and you can see the blood pouring out of the TV mm-hmm. um, Max gets up realizing that he wasn't killed but instead the tape inside him that's been killed uh, Bianca now says that Max is of the video world made flesh and that he now he knows what he needs to do to, and destroy Videodrome where they repeat the lines Death to Videodrome, long live the new flesh. I fucking love that line. They say it all, uh, so many times, and honestly, I don't know what they twice. mean. Twice. Only twice? Three times. Oh, I didn't understand what it meant. Well, I think... Um, well, Max is now the new flesh. Like, his new, like, organ and everything like that's working. So he's now, be, he's now able to make his hallucinations reality. Okay. I'm assuming, because I have another thought on that, too, when we get to Harlan. Okay. Next, but I'm assuming that he's been, now he's able to actually kind of, if he wants to, use his hallucinations to create the reality in our reality. Okay. Kind of, kind of grasping it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Maybe the next one will work. Uh, We cut to... Spectacle optics. Max is outside watching the building. He heads towards the building after seeing Harlan go inside. Max follows him to the back of the glasses store. Max confronts Harlan asking, where's Barry? Harlan says that he's setting up for a new trade show. He asks if he's seen Bianca, and he says that uh, he didn't have any trouble with her. Harlan asks if he'd like to see someone else and pulls out another tape. This one made of flesh and beating slowly. Harlan's saying that they want to keep using him until he's all used up. Max, Max looks him in the eye and opens himself up, and Harlan puts the tape in. Max closes his stomach, and Harlan rips his hand out. The fingers and the skin ripped from his arm. Uh, his hand, uh, from his hand, he backs up screaming as he looks down, and he pushes himself up against the wall and then blows up. See, this is where I think he's changed. he's able to change reality. Okay. Because I think when he put his hand in, he had a tape. But when he pulled his hand out, it was nothing but like a ball, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming maybe he changed his hand into a grenade. Ah. And then when he like kind of realized what his hand was, he was like, ah, backing up. And then... I, yeah, I wasn't sure what his... Like, I was looking at his hand and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, I, I never caught on to what that looked like. I didn't either. It, it, it's hard because I'm not sure if it actually... It doesn't look like a grenade at all. No. But it almost looks like an old, like, World War Two grenade. Like, okay. Uh, like a throwing one. I just thought he had a stumpy arm. That was bloody. Yeah. <laughs> it just got, like, chiseled to the bone. <laughs> but... Well, Max, that's not what your hand looks like, right? No, it's not. It looked fucking weird. Yeah. It was, like, a weird... I don't even know what to describe it. And I've been thinking about it for the past two days. I'm like, how do I describe that hand? Because I want to talk about it. <laughs> Literally, I've been at work thinking about that hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what... I can't compare it to anything. <laughs> oh, I know. I can't either. I'm assuming that's what happened. It got turned into a crate. Yeah. 
I think we passed by the, I think he was like the Jamaican man. Yeah, I did. I did miss that part. <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is one hell of a prescription you got here. <laughs> he was funny too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> <"Gia>, man. <laughs> he was looking around at the glasses. I can't remember what he said. But uh, there's like some comments about there's lots of, there's not that much to look around at or something like that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Mike then walks out of the hole in the wall and walks down the street. So, you know how you're talking about the people just moving the couch and not seeing? There's, like, a woman and her daughter walking down the street, too. And Max just walks out of the back of the building. And she's like, come here, baby, or whatever. And then they keep walking. Nobody's giving a fuck. No. <laughs> uh, we're almost there, guys. We're almost there. Two pages. Uh, we cut to Max... Uh, showing up at the glasses spring lineup, sitting at a table looking around for Barry when he hears Barry's voice come from the microphone at the center stage. Max then gets up and draws his gun from his jacket, and it's completely fused with his hand now, no longer showing any signs of metal, but the gun has become a part of him. It's now an extension of his hand. He walks up on the stage, and Barry sees him and tries to run as people watch in horror. Max shoots him four times, but... Before Barry drops to the ground and begins convulsing, and organs start to protrude from his body. This effect was sweet, too. There's, like, chest rips open, and then, like, his head kind of splits apart, too. And It looked like a bunch of brains, almost. Or, like, gross pink hard jelly. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was nasty. Yeah. But it was cool. Yeah, I liked it, too. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. The effects in this movie are great. They're actually done by Rick Baker. Who's like super well known in the, in the okay. special makeup department? Um, Max grabs the mic and yells, "Jet the video drone! Long live the new flesh!" Uh, pointing the gun up at the <laughs> gun up in the air as he does, he drops the mic and leaves the building as everyone runs in panic. I say everybody runs in panic, but you don't really see that many people run in panic mm-hmm. because as he's exiting the building in the lobby, nobody's giving a fuck either. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's in their own fucking world yeah, in this everybody, movie. Everybody's in their own reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, the last little chunk here. Max finds an abandoned shipping yard and holds up in a sh- in the hull of the ship. Uh, there's an old mattress and there's a TV. And as if a person had been living there for years. A few years. He sits on the mattress and leans up against the wall and as the TV turns on, Nikki greets him on the TV saying that she is uh, there to guide him and that death isn't at the end. Max says that he doesn't know where he is or what to do. Nikki says that he's gone as far as he can in that body and that he didn't destroy Videodrome but it's way too big for one man. The next phase will help him and that death is the beginning of the new flesh. She tells him that he needs to kill the old flesh and that it's but it's to let the old body die. God damn, I'm bad. It's okay. You're almost there. Yeah, I know. She shows, she shows him on the TV putting a gun uh, to his head and saying, long live the new flesh, as he shoots himself. Um, as he does, the TV explodes and organs start to fly out. And then a few moments later, Max puts the gun to his head. It's basically exactly the same thing I said. A few moments later, Max puts the gun to his head and says, Long live the new flesh, and smiles, and then pulls the trigger. The end. God. The fucking end, you wrote down. Yeah, I did. The fucking end. This is like three hours worth of notes. I feel like... 
I don't know if it was or not. But it God. probably was. We paused it so many times just so you could catch up. I know. I think we paused it more than any movie we've had to do. I know. It was just, a lot. There's so much conversation. There and, is. And, and it's I, all important conversation. You can't leave any of it out. I know. And I didn't even get it all. Yeah. Like, I should have just bought the script online and just read the whole fucking script. <laughs> <laughs> or just highlighted some of it. Yeah. But yeah, guys, that is Videodrome. Um, I hope that my notes weren't as confusing as, <laughs> as, as they might have sounded. Because <laughs> it's just as confusing as the movie. Final thoughts and rating? I, d- I still do love this movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I actually can't wait to go back and like rewatch it again. Um, I'd like to rewatch it with a commentary on. Okay. So I can actually hear what David Cronenberg's thoughts are. Okay. Because I've heard a couple of interviews but like it's been years so i'd like to go back and revisit that um i also want to check out a bunch of the special features on uh, the criterion i got mm-hmm. um yeah i think it looks great i think uh it's an interesting movie but i think the further you dissect it the more you enjoy it yeah so that's that's kind of where i'm at with it like i'd like to listen to that podcast that i started but i didn't i didn't even finish it because you're i didn't want to upset you <laughs> because I wanted you to have your own thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the Wisecrack podcast does a whole deep dive on the philosophies of this movie. Uh, I can't remember how long it is, but I highly Wisecrack is great, so I highly suggest you check it out. I'll probably listen to it. I just need a little bit of a break from this. <laughs> yeah, I know we spent all week on it. Yeah, so, so I don't, maybe in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna give this movie. I don't think it's as good as The Fly. Um, that's my personal taste. So, I'm going to give this um, a very high thumbs up. Okay. What are your thoughts? I liked it. Again, like I said in the beginning, kind of wish it went in a different direction, but I also don't hate body horror, so it was interesting. Um, The whole movie felt like I was on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the scenes where he's hallucinating, right? Um, I like the the whole storyline of like... I don't know. It was all like sexual and stuff and the porn and all that. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, still not really my horror taste, though, I would have to say. So based off of that, I'm going to give it. Oh, see, I'm back and forth between like a low thumbs up and a high OK. Oh, OK. I think I'm going to. Be honest, just throw I know, it out there. I know. It's it's hard to pick. I'm gonna go with a high okay, and that's that's still a decent rating. That's better than and just an okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> like I enjoyed it, and I did like the all the different effects, and the it looked good, yep. and the storyline was cool. It just it was super confusing yep. at times, and even just listening back to it in this podcast right now like there's times there's a time where we had to pause because i'm like i just i my brain hurts a bit (laughs) (laughs) and i feel like i can't bring out my words and talk about how i feel about it because i'm confused (laughs) so yeah if i didn't talk as much this episode guys i'm confused (laughs) i think you're fantastic (laughs) i thought i thought there was some good body horror though like the one is like stomach opens up and all that nasty shit and i really liked um his girlfriend what's her name nikki Nikki. she was she was fun yeah (laughs) she's fun yeah um yeah i'll give it a high okay okay i think yeah that's whatever you want to do yeah
I know. Uh, um, let's get into some fun facts. Yeah. What do you okay. got for us? Because I did not even get to see these. Yeah. So, so three different endings were filmed for this movie. The ending used in the film was uh, James Wood's idea. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I thought that was cool. That is really cool. I kind of want to know what the other endings were. I do, too. wonder if they're going to talk about that in special features or not. Probably uh, not. Uh, maybe. They might talk about it more on the commentary track. Okay. Um, David Tabuchi, who appears here briefly as a Japanese porn dealer, later became a minister in the Ontario provincial government. His appearance in the controversial film as a pornographer was exploited by the opposition. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Damn, we got some fucking politicians in here. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, David Cronenberg had to double James Woods for the scene in which Max Wren has a helmet put on his head because both were afraid to point that he afraid to a point that he might be electrocuted by it. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, huh. talking about getting electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> um, the majority of the trailer was created with a Co- Commodore sixty four computer. Computer? I don't know what that means. Yeah, I guess this like. Uh... I was listening to another podcast and they said that they only one person watched the movie and the other person only watched the trailer. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. On purpose? Was that intended? Or? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, okay. But I guess the trailer was like very video game like. You know, video oh. video drone kinda of sounds like a video game, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so that's kinda of like how they marketed it, I guess. Okay. Oh, this one. Uh, the TV station Civic TV is patterned after City TV, an actual television station that started out in Toronto and was particularly infamous for showing softcore sex films as part of its late night programming schedule. At one point in the film, one of Max Wren's partners is called Moses, which is a reference to City TV founder Moses Z- Zimmer. Yeah. I know City TV. Oh, I bet you do. I definitely grew up watching City TV on Friday nights around 1 o'clock. Uh, I think I have came across that channel a couple times, too. At girls' slumber parties. Yeah. <laughs> What's this? Good to turn the volume down. <laughs> I kind of like that this is local and we like know this. like We know what City TV is and all that stuff. Yeah, I know. I didn't even think about that, though. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, during filming of the cathode ray mission sequence the film's gaffer jock brandis walked in and casually informed the crew that the power lines to the building were smoking because of the load imposed on them by the tv sets i have kind of no idea what you just said (laughs) basically in one of the scenes um the power lines to the building were smoking because of the load imposed on by the tv sets okay yeah I'm not too sure what scene that is either. I'm sorry. That was a mouthful. It's okay. Yeah, no, I know. Just layman's terms. <laughs> um, Andy Warhol called the movie a clockwork orange 1971 of the 1980s. Yeah, I can see that. I haven't seen a clockwork orange, so. It's also a bit of a trip of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's hyper violent, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Debbie Harry dyed her signature blonde hair red for this movie. Which you see in her cast photo there. Well, we see that she's blonde. 
the film was shot in Toronto in the late fall of 1981 because Canadian government funded films were beholden to non-negotiable cutoff dates. Production had to wrap up by the end of the calendar year. As a consequence, David Cronenberg and his crew had to start shooting without a finished script. To be clear, Cronenberg did have a complete script when filming began, but it was a prototype. In fact, this prototype was a wilder, more audacious, and by all accounts, more shocking script. Oh. Yeah. You just gotta let this guy go all out. <laughs> and the movie was a huge box office failure when released to theaters, which we discussed. It was. Yeah. I know he was coming off, this, off the success of Scanners, and Scanners was really big in the States. Okay. Um, so they gave him a bunch of money, and then he made this, and then this movie flopped. Uh, okay. But then I think he went on to make The Fly after this. Just a huge financial success. Yeah. Like. Yeah, you like The Fly. It's fantastic. You'll like it too. You just gotta actually watch it. I'll give it a shot because I actually didn't mind this one. I think I just Crimes of the Future should not have been my first Cronenberg movie. Well, after The Fly, he does like uh, he does like a romance movie, I think, and he does Dead Ringers as well. I think in the nineties or early eighties, Dead Ringers is like it's a little bit of a body horror movie, but it's more of a brotherly story about separation and oh. from your like it's about twin brothers. Oh. Who are like super like they uh, they own a uh, uh, plastic surgery company together. Okay, they're both surgeons. Okay, and they both live together, oh. and like it's like yeah, try, like them trying to separate. One ends up going like down like addicted to pills and stuff like that, and the other one. Is this a horror or a drama? It's like a drama, but there's like some horror aspects as well. That sounds interesting, actually. I'd probably watch that. I've watched it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah? Yeah, I have it downstairs. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and then he does a... There's a play after this, and then he gets into gangster movies. Like, he makes the History of Violence and Eastern Promises, which are two gangster movies. Hmm. And then he comes back after that with Crimes of the Future. Okay. Yeah. He's just veering off, trying some new things out. Yeah, I'll have to watch some more stuff that he's done. Put Crimes of the Future in the past. <laughs> yeah. I want to check out Scanners because it has, like, supposedly one of, like, the best head explosion scenes ever made. Oh, really? Yeah. I've seen people post about that a lot. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. All right. Are we wrapping it up? Well, yeah. You were doing Would You Rather. Yes. I got Would You Rather questions. And I'm so excited because I just made them up. We're literally on the spot before we started recording. And I think they're excellent. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. Okay. So I got this one from... Sorry. I got this one from uh, the Extreme Horror Rewind podcast, because I started one of their oh, episodes today. Okay. And I'm going to steal their question. All right. It's just the one question that I stole. Uh, would you rather be the killer in a movie or the final girl? The final girl. The final girl? Yeah. I want to be the fucking final girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what the hell? No hesitation there. Yeah. No thought. What yeah, about you? That's it. Good. I don't know. It depends. Am I Jason? <laughs> Am I Jason? And then you're the killer. Yeah. Well, fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure, you can be Jason. You can be whatever killer you want. Yeah, I'm Jason. Then. I'll, <laughs> I'll fuck some shit up. All right. Uh, speaking of Jason, uh, would you rather be Jason or Ghostface? Oh. Two of your favorite slashers. Probably. Ghostface isn't one of my favorite slashers. 
Mm. I love Scream, but I don't love, 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 love Scream. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, thought, I do really love the original. I thought he was uh, one of your favorites. He's up there. He's up there. Yeah. Anyway, back to the question. Um, oh, do I want to be Ghostface and be all like dorky and fun? <laughs> or do I want to be Jason and be epic? Probably. Uh, that's a hard one. Yeah. I think I think Jason. Yeah. Because he's badass. It's true. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be clumsy as fuck. Yeah. At least you get to talk cool, I guess. With the scream or yeah, with ghost, ghost face, face. yeah. Mm. That's, that's actually kills. really hard. Mm. I think I'll still go with Jason. Okay, I already know your answer. Yeah, it's Jason. Jason, Jason's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Would you rather rather face off against mutant hillbillies, example, the Hills of Eyes, <laughs> or face off against the Deadites? Oh fuck! I just had nightmares about the Deadites, man. <laughs> they were kind of funny though. Um. Probably Deadites. Why? Mutant hillbillies are gross and scary. <laughs> like, they, they can make my skin crawl. Yeah. Yeah. Deadites are scary, but mutant hillbillies are icky. <laughs> True. Okay. That's just my reasoning. I have no other reasoning. <laughs> okay. What about you? Oh, I'm facing off against Deadites, too. Yeah. Yeah. Deadites are... Uh... They're, I don't know. The hillbillies are just more ruthless, and who knows what they're going to do to you. They're going to eat you, for starters. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> like, uh, the deadites are just going to kill you and probably possess you, and that's it. So Yeah, and then but, you'll become a fun deadite. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, last question. Cause, uh, now, if you've been listening to our last few episodes, you're going to have fun with this one. Would you rather be the lead in Starry Eyes or Bite? Oh... I think I would like starry eyes because I don't want to get my head stomped. (laughs) (laughs) Like it goes downhill for in bite. Yeah. Whereas starry eyes, she becomes this, I don't even know what she becomes, but it's good. (laughs) True. Yeah. I just don't want to become an insect. So so I'm also, I'm also doing starry eyes as well. Yeah. 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 That's gross. No. Yeah. Well, these would you rather questions weren't as good as I thought they were going to be. But yeah, we no, they were them. good. They were. Right. Yeah, they were. The the one was really hard. Yeah. Okay. The Ghostface and Jason one. Oh, no, good. I liked them. Good. It's good. So that's it. We can announce your next episode topic. Let's do it. Do you want me to? Yes. <laughs> that was a big yawn. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Friday night and we're tired. It's the end of the week. And it's... <laughs> No, it's not a It's not even yeah, we're, nine, but we're, we're okay. usually in bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our next episode is Hatchet, and yes. we have a special guest. Yes, we have our friend Bo, who is Instagram tag is Critic After Dark. Yes, I really like his name. I do too. It's like badass. Yeah. It's actually, I'm jealous. Yeah. So go give uh, <laughs> Bo a follow, Critic After Dark, and... Uh, yeah, he posts movie content, and he's got a really sweet collection. Huge collection. Yeah. Like, you yeah. actually, you met him because you buy movies off yeah, of he's him. Yeah, my, he's my movie guy. Your movie dealer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, Bo's going to be on next week, and Hatchet is a freaking awesome movie. I'm so pumped that he picked that one. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's good. Um, I guess I'll plug some accounts. Our account. 
Our account. <laughs> yes, ours. That's the one I will plug. I <laughs> call <laughs> <God>, we're tired. <laughs> All right. Our name is Our Life in Horror, and you can find us at TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and you can listen to us on all your podcast streaming services. If you guys would like, uh, go ahead and send us an email at ourlifeinhorror.com for any... At, what'd I say? You said ourlifeinhorror.com. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Ourlifeinhorror at hotmail.com. Send us an email with any... uh, Questions, any movie recommendations? We already have one. We're going to get to it as soon as we can. Um, uh, just, yeah, anything you want to talk about. Criticisms are also appreciated. And if you guys could please kindly share this podcast with whoever you think would enjoy it and give us a five-star review, that would be much appreciated. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, guys. And bye. Bye.